0: beauties welcome back to another episode of the spiritual gaze i'm one of your hosts brandon and i'm your other host angel and this is our twice monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense
1: we aren't gonna pretend on you
0: we ain't gonna front we
1: ain't gonna lie
0: we ain't gonna wear our masks and pretend like there are real faces. No, but we will wear our masks when we're in public. Oh, yeah, because that's how it goes in these pandemic times. <laughs> and we are responsible people. I forgot because I haven't been outside in like three days, so I forgot about the masks. Oh, yeah, no, it's a thing. I know. We're still doing it. No, I... For the most part. I get it. I know. <laughs> we just bought more. We did. Glamour masks. Yeah. Fashion masks. Tell... Well, first... uh Who are you? (laughs) Ah, yes. The age-old question. Yeah, just in case, this is your first time listening. I'm Brandon Alter. I am a tarot reader. I'm an astrologer. I'm a teacher of spiritual skills. I'm a mystic, a writer. That's me. I'm your husband. I'm Noche's dad. I'm a helper. I'm trying to be a helper in the world. You are. And who are you, honey? I'm Angel Lopez.
1: I am a writer and a producer uh, of films And I am an astrologer and a teacher and a healer.
0: Oh, queeler.
1: A queeler, if you will.
0: We forgot to say queeler.
1: And also your husband
0: and Noche's
1: other dad.
0: Yeah, Noche has two dads. Uh, Tell the people why you haven't been outside in three days. Because I'm a burn victim. If you didn't follow me on Instagram and see me chronicling my second degree burn on my thigh... Uh, It's courtesy of a scalding hot carafe of rose tea that shattered everywhere and scalded me. It sounds worse than it is, but also it looks worse than it is. (laughs) I'll second that. Yeah, it's pretty gross and it's pretty huge. It's like all over the top of my right thigh and a little bit on my inner left thigh. Yeah, Uh, but it could have been much worse. It could have been much worse and it's a lesson and I am taking it as such. It's an opportunity to slow down and to firsthand witness the power of the body's ability to heal. It is gruesome looking, but I'm trying to treat ugliness the way I would treat beauty. I saw that somewhere. Somebody said that, like treat ugliness as if it were beauty. And I think that's actually a really profound piece of advice. So I'm learning to love whatever's happening as it transforms and heals. Mm-hmm. You know, life is a teacher. So this happened to teach me some things, and I don't yeah. resent it, and I'm not mad about it. I'm just trying to lean into it. All right, well, good. And Angel's been pretty fantastic picking up the slack because there's a lot of things I can't do.
1: Yeah, while no, you it's still do. Uh,
0: yeah, like while it's still an open wound. Once it kind of like heals up a bit, then I'll be able to get back out in the world but we don't want this shit getting infected yo
1: no we don't um
0: but a lot of people have been sending me healing and have been reaching out and any of y'all out there you have my permission if you want to send my right thigh some healing i will take it (laughs) (laughs) i was joking with angel uh, last night and i'll share this with y'all too that um the skin is so sensitive right now i mean when it happened the pain was hands down, like top three pain I've ever experienced in my entire life. Um, But miraculously, the next day, it was kind of non-existent. And I did not take the painkillers they prescribed. Um, I really credit Spirit for a lot of that. But Mm -hmm. Yeah, me either.
1: What do you mean? I haven't taken those painkillers either (laughs) that they prescribed you. So we're both doing well. Good
0: work, everybody. But you know, like when you get goosebumps or tingles, like, you know, If there's a chill or you like, you know, watch a sad movie or an event, the skin on my thighs where the burn is, is so sensitive that like it started like tingling like all all over the place, like more than like the hairs on my forearms or whatever. And I was joking with Angel, but also not joking, that they're going to be like my psychic thighs. Like it's such a sensitive new area that I feel like it's going to help me like communicate in terms of like intuition and messages from the body just cause like it's so sensitive and I have a feeling it will probably be one of the more sensitive parts on my body for some time.
1: Yeah. We were talking about it with a group of friends too. And yeah. what do we, we turned psychic thighs into your
0: TV show. Yeah. Psychic thighs. <laughs> it's a song. It's a song. It's a book. It's a book. It's a whole brand. <laughs> psychic thighs. Well, my thighs are telling me that your husband's cheating on you. Oh my gosh. Tune in next week. Tune in next week for Psychic Thighs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. And how's the rest of you doing? I'm doing just fine. I've been so busy. I've been running around, rushing around, getting things done, giving healings, giving readings, getting these classes going. And you said something in Breathwork yesterday that was really profound, which was like, in all of the busyness, let's not forget what we're actually trying to do with our lives. And I feel like The busyness has distracted me from a little bit of what I'm trying to do with my life, which Mm -hmm, is just like mm -hmm. live in God day in and day out. And so this injury is actually the permission that I needed to just like slow down and get still and um, receive the blessings and the insight and the healing that can only show up when you sit your fucking ass down and stop (laughs) rushing around like a crazy Aries rising, which is what I am.
1: Well, good. Well, I'm glad. I, yeah, I feel like you've been inspiring me to try and slow down, too.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm i glad to see you doing it. Yeah. It feels nice. It feels good. What about you, babe? What's your check-in?
1: Hmm. What is my check-in? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> it's like
0: an up and down. Once again with feeling, darling. I'm doing pretty well. Okay. I don't know if that was a real feeling. But um, like throw it away a little bit more now. I'm doing pretty well. Okay, but you're still making a meal out of it. Just, you know.
1: I'm doing it. pretty well. Yeah, there we go. She uh, takes
0: direction well.
1: I'm doing terribly, guys. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I'm not doing terribly. I am just doing I'm being I'm doing my best to be in being mode these days <laughs> so much just stuff going on in my personal world you've got a full play, my love yeah and my in my career world yeah i'm pretty busy right now and uh grateful intensely grateful uh specifically for all the work stuff i'm in love with our astrology course that we've been doing for uh, it's about two months now
0: yeah since it's been in class We're week eight coming up, right? Yeah,
1: and I just adore everyone in our class. I feel like we've really become just like a beautiful family. Totally. Yeah, it's it's really nice. And then, yeah, just doing other work. And, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about, even just in the last couple days, how driven I can be by trying to cover up these feelings of insignificance that I live with and I think I've subconsciously lived with and, and for a while consciously lived with, but I don't think have fully known how to release entirely. They still show up in subconscious ways. Um, And I think it just stems from, you know, growing up and being a gay boy and feeling not entirely of value not just within like you know from a societal perspective but even just within my family always like knowing inside like I'm never going to be the man that they are envisioning me to be or allowing myself to feel insignificant to society because of you know being a Puerto Rican Mexican man and you know what that brings with it and now knowing as a grown-ass man, that I am important, that I do bring significance to every situation and environment that I'm in, Um, I think I, you know, I still find myself triggered by things that little boy gets triggered and feels, yeah, like he's not important. I've been working just for myself with some of that business and trying to do what I can To remind myself of my value and release whatever beliefs I've been holding on to that support that old mindset so that I can really continue to transform into the person I know myself
0: to have the potential to be. Well, I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're... Attacking your life from a place of trying to prove yourself, it usually doesn't end up well. No, you just not end at up all. feeling like an imposter no matter how successful you are. But exactly. if you live your life expressing your inherent confidence and belief in yourself, then I think you find you're just more joyful in whatever journey it is that you're on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as I continue to find success in my life, I want to be able to attach the right kind of value to that, <laughs> you know? Totally.
0: It actually reminds me of a Ram Dass quote that I stumbled upon this week that I'm going to butcher the fuck out of right now. But it was essentially about when we remember our interconnectedness with all things, Mm -hmm. it's not important that we feel special individually because we're a part of every special thing that exists. Mm -hmm. So we're so accustomed to seeing success or seeing beauty or seeing anything amazing outside of ourselves as if it were separate from, as opposed to being in the awareness that we're all interconnected, we're all a part of everything. So when you're amazed by somebody's accomplishment or the beauty of a tree or even just like an amazing meal, that's actually reflecting your own specialness back to you. Yeah. It's just inherent.
1: No, completely. We all need to do our best to step into our specialness. I feel like it would be uh, terrible of us to uh, not mention uh, at all in this episode the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which just happened right before we were recording this. Someone who really did allow themselves to stand in their greatness, to meet their purpose uh,
0: in its highest form. And... And a warrior for truth as she Mm -hmm. aligned with truth. Yeah. She was an incredibly resilient and important person, by no means perfect, which I think is important to not deify somebody because we're all human, Mm -hmm. but definitely shaken by her loss. Mm -hmm. Relieved for her though, I think to live, and I have no idea, but to live the way she was living these past few years and fighting for her life in the way that she was and to understand the... The weight that was on her shoulders just to live must have been unbearable, and so I hope that she is at peace and finding her way to that infinite ocean Mm -hmm. surrounded by her ancestors and feeling love and pride for the life well-lived. Hallelujah. We're not pessimistic. We're not cynical here at the Spiritual Case headquarters. We believe in powerful, positive outcomes, and we believe in giving our attention and our energy to hope and Mm -hmm. not fear. So we hope that you can do the same.
1: Yeah. And we also believe in voting.
0: Uh, fuck yeah.
1: So if you live in the United States of America... Get ready to vote. Get ready to vote. Do your best now uh, to get the word out to everyone
0: in your life. Figure out your voting strategy. Mm -hmm. It's a different voting world. Yeah. We're going to vote early and in person (laughs) with our triple masks on. Right. We're going to get some hazmat suits. Uh, Yeah, but do your best to support
1: the change that you know deep in your heart is necessary for everyone who lives on this planet to get the opportunity to have their best future for themselves. Not even just their best future, their best present, because we all deserve respect And dignity and equality and so please as you're making your choices know speak to your deepest self and say what is not just best for me but what is best for all
0: all living beings including this planet on which we stand
1: yeah okay
0: that was a beautiful soapbox well i felt it
1: it's time Shall we soapbox about something else?
0: Yeah, we should. Let's just let the gazers know what they're in for this episode. Oh, yeah. We figured out the spirit talks. (laughs) We did it. We did an incredible spirit talk with the amazing Mantis. If you don't know Mantis, he's a dream boat and an incredible tarot scholar and writer and reader mm-hmm. and mystic. And we zoomed him into the spirit room and we're really excited. And it doesn't sound as terrible as we were afraid it would. <laughs> and we think spirit talks are back. <laughs> so that's exciting. Yeah. um So we don't want to linger too long in no, this. No, we want to get to we it. We just want to get there.
1: So we're going to do just a little mini uh, segment for you. And then we'll get into our spirit talk with Mantis. So put
0: on your winged shoes, and let's take a little Cosmic Cosmic update! Update! Did you have coffee this morning? Oh, half calf. Oh, yeah.
1: Remember that was like when modems were connecting oh i remember modems connecting <laughs>
0: some of y'all probably don't. i'm an elder millennial i know oh, right <laughs> no i millennial.
1: know girl i don't know at this point i don't know what i am I'm like a bo- baby boomer i don't know
0: so you're not a baby boomer <laughs> you were born in the late 70s it doesn't make you a baby boomer <laughs> i'm an et what's happening in the heavens that all the children need to know about What is
1: happening? Let's just
0: talk about the state of things as they
1: are now, and y'all gonna be listening to this. You're actually, we're gonna be uh, beaming into you right at the beginning of Libra season. Um, I think when this releases, we'll actually be about to host our Libra season webinar, uh, where we'll go over the entire month. But I think what's really just Honestly, the most important thing that I really want to just be talking about is the Mars retrograde. Um,
0: She's here. She persists. She's (laughs) persistent.
1: Yeah, which kicked in on September 10th and is here till November 14th and is really just a time for us all to give over to some slowdown, to some potential redoing. Of some things reactivating, um, but something that came to me uh, yesterday uh, during our breathwork session was also when you think about Aries, you know, which is what Mars is retrograding in its home state of Aries, mm-hmm. is very much about instinct, right? Mm-hmm. And like that natural instinct, yeah. And I felt like this Mars retrograde is a time for us all to reconnect to our instinct in some way, because especially coming out of a Virgo season where hopefully we allowed ourselves to maybe dismantle whatever routine wasn't working for us, putting into place some new ones. But if not, if we were just, as we were talking about, just kind of in the busyness we're doing, we're doing, we're doing, which Virgo season can also bring with it. You can forget sometimes to just tap into, okay, well, what am I, what am I actually supposed to do today? You know, like, like talk to me, spirit, you know, guide me. Um, you know, we just are paying attention to the checklist or to the calendar. So I think there's value in not only slowing down, but creating more space for instinct, intuition, if you will, to find its way in so that you can act from more impassioned places of presence as opposed to just schedules and routines and to-dos.
0: Yeah, I think instinctual wisdom... And having the ability to discern what is true based on that is really important right now. And 2020, in so many ways, has been kind of teaching us how to trust your own gut as opposed to whatever song is being sung on the wind at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really good advice. And Libra season, partnering, partnering with your instinct, partnering with your intuition and seeing both sides. When is it time to trust your gut and when is it time to change your mind about something?
1: Yeah, and Libra is that polar opposite energy to Aries. So we do need to allow ourselves to be a little more elastic, right? We're going to be feeling both sides of that pulling us. And if we then think of the other big story of this year, which are, you know, the trio up in Capricorn, these are all going to be squaring energies, right? It's like Aries, Libra. Capricorn is another of the four cardinal signs and when you have cardinal signs in astrology they, you know they essentially are four signs Aries Libra Cancer Capricorn but they all create a square to each other which can be a challenging energy but it's challenging if we don't like what they're sh- what it's showing us right if we don't want to like push ourselves based off what they're giving when Actually, when you look at a challenge from another angle, a challenge is really just a way to push you toward strengthening yourself or to motivating yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, squares are catalysts for action. Exactly. So if you want to be complacent and sit on your hands, then you're going to have a trouble with a square. But they're really good. They incite us to change evolution and to doing the things we came here to do. Yeah. So
1: if we are thinking about Pluto, Scorpio, I mean, Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter as being these manifestors of change in our lives this year, you know, sort of the big transformers for all of us this year, this Libra season is really going to be the one that, like, that challenges us to meet that transformation in a really tangible way. And I think it's gonna be a value for all of us to be as tapped into our instincts so that we are willing to take the risks we need to take, to face the fears that we need to take, to you know go down the road that maybe seems scary because it's new or it's, it's challenging, but if it's what we know in the fire of our heart is our soul's true path, well, you gotta run across that fire. I think that's really just the messages I want to share for the astrology of now. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And I think we should just mention here, you know, we're going to be opening up the portal for Tarot Cosmos on Monday. So you can still join us. And it's 12 weeks. Of course, it's about the tarot which as Mantis mentions in the upcoming interview is a way to have a conversation with God, oh, which was it. possibly <laughs> the most gorgeous way I've ever heard the tarot discussed. Mm-hmm. But it's much more than just the tarot. You know, It's a weekly opportunity to begin to explore your intuition which is kind of what Angel's talking about. How do we get back in touch with our instincts? What is the language that you know our bodies and our hearts and our souls speak to us through? Yeah, and we talk astrology too. And we do talk astrology, and you also just like get to hang out with us for two hours once a week and a bunch of other beautiful people. So we are just sitting here and encouraging you to invest in yourself and your spiritual, mental, and emotional well-being. And if you're feeling compelled, join us. Yeah,
1: it's going to be a hoot. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we laugh, we cry. There's musical performances. There's
0: special guests. (laughs) There's no musical performances and there's no special guests. There will be this year.
1: Okay. It's
0: Libra season. Yeah, that's true. But it is a really rich and very thorough exploration into tarot divination of all kinds and the systems that the tarot kind of weaves together yeah. so numerology elements astrology
1: oh i just realized we're going to be doing this during the middle of scorpio season as well yeah
0: it's going to get deep Ooh, she's going to be a cult-ish. so calling all our witches come to witch school yeah it's going to be, with be the spiritual s- gaze sexy all right without further ado <laughs> let's Turn this episode over to a really beautiful and a really fun and nourishing spirit
2: talk.
0: So we are so excited because Mantis, who is an amazing tarot reader and tarot writer, he is a mystic and the author of an incredible tarot book, Truly Easy Tarot. He is our very first virtual spirit talk. So we are so grateful that he has allowed us to experiment with this new medium. (laughs) And we're looking at his beautiful face. The computer is in the spirit room. So technically, he is in the spirit room. Um, So welcome, Mantis. We're so happy to have you.
2: Thank you. I feel like I am in there in the spirit room with you guys. I have listened to so many wonderful conversations in that sacred space. And uh, I'm so glad that my day arrived to be there too. And I'm so, so happy to be here.
1: So I think just first off, I'm curious how are you doing? (laughs) The 2020 question.
2: Wow. Uh, I'm doing good. I mean, I'm doing good. <laughs> it's been it's been incredibly rough, but um, also empowering in some ways, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I I've, I've been in the throes of everything that's going on in twenty in 2020. Um, my life has been radically changed. Um, some things for the best. Um, I dealt with uh, the pandemic in my family. Uh, right, and right. I just came out of that. So I, like, I'm a pla- I'm at a place where I'm just thankful that no one died. Like,
0: I was going to ask everyone's doing okay.
2: Everyone's doing okay now. Like, you know, some, some folks, my mom, my aunt are still in slow recovery, but, um, and it's, it takes months, right. Uh, to recover from, from that thing. So, but I'm just glad that they're alive and I'm just at a, a place of gratitude for, for that and just trying to see it from that perspective. And also grateful that I was, uh, you know, as a healer, as somebody who was talking about these things and and helping people heal on the internet or through my platforms, I'm just grateful that I was brought in into the the eye of the cyclone, right? Um, Because it just gives me a lot more um, information and a lot more heart to talk about this. So, Um, but other than that, I'm good.
0: (laughs) Are there any unexpected gifts that this pandemic and this crisis have given you? Like when you think about, I don't know, any of the positive silver linings that have come out of your situation?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, for one, it's given me more work independence, you know? now i just i don't have to uh commute or go anywhere and i love that <laughs> mm-hmm. um i love being home and now i can just work from home and that's wonderful um it's given me a lot of time a lot of time to um sit with the parts of myself that i wasn't really giving proper time to mm-hmm. it's given me time to to you know get clear on my path on on my writing and time to write you know I'm just writing a lot more on a I mean not as much as I was when I was writing the book but I'm writing consciously um, a lot more so then that that has been really really truly wonderful and just you know um, it's been an opportunity to rethink and reevaluate relationships mm. and I think many of us are going through that right because when we go through a period of crisis like this as a, as a collective um people's true colors really show totally. and yeah. yeah and so that has been that has been wonderful too i'm sitting deep in virgo energy right now in my yeah. life yeah just you know harvesting things parsing through things discerning analyzing throwing some things away reorganizing moving all of that <laughs> Wow. Beautiful. So there have been uh, tremendous gifts, for sure.
1: So I'm curious, just taking it back, you've had a lot of family going on. And what are the beginnings of your journey as a healer, Is spirituality? Is it something that was a part of growing up for you? Oof!
2: child sit down
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting I'm ready. you are <laughs> I'm comfortable
2: <laughs> everyone else sit. is everyone sitting now no I'm just kidding it's not that dramatic um I was literally consecrated to spiritual service at within my mom's womb
1: what
2: and me and my brother we were and girl that was true like it's not it's something that even though I try to run away from in my like rebel years, it's something that has always brought me back. So I've always had the sense of spiritual service uh, and kind of a ministry, right? Like I, not my family's Christian, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. really religious, uh, but like scholarly.
1: Oh, really? Um,
2: Yeah. My dad is a philosopher. My mom is also graduated in philosophy plus theology. You know, they're both- spiritual Christian like Christian spiritual nerds
1: you were born in the ninth house
2: I was born in the night I was <laughs> literally that yeah and I have like a Jupiter and Sagittarius on the ninth house so yeah I was born oh. in that um li- I was born in the library our house was a library oh wow um, and where was this exactly where this was in Brazil and so from um, from the earliest ages I remember when I was seven um I have this vivid memory of my first days in school, and um, the teacher um, gave gave me like a chalk. Uh, I drew a moon on the blackboard, and I said something along the fat along the lines, "God made this." Like, I was already deeply connected to the cosmos and to the divine. Wow! Um, that was I was six or seven. My mom tells me that story, so I know I know it's true. Uh, so from then on out, I always had this mystical path of uh, awe at the cosmos, and uh, I really liked uh, studying like the mysticism that I found in the Bible. Even though I didn't understand, I learned the Hebrew alphabet so I could go decipher those angel names and those like <laughs> prophecies. You know, I was really into the the mystical, esoteric aspects of the Tanakh. You know, of the Old Testament. In quotes. It's not really called that. Um, and that has always followed me. I always stayed with that. I went through a period in my, of course, you know, when I found out I was gay and late teens, no, mid-teens through my uh, early 20s, I kind of wanted to run away from that because I I had not integrated my faith because heretofore it had been um, created in a Christian, religious, traditional, conservative framework, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to rebel from that and and break that all down so I could find it again a little uh, towards my mid to late 20s and here I am a decade later.
1: So in that period of time did you still pursue your own spiritual practices or did you kind of just did you take a break altogether?
2: I kind of took a break altogether yeah I was very um, avoidant of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah I just wanted to party and have fun. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm curious, actually, to look back now, what were you worshipping at that time? Like, what filled in that space? Was it, like, you say partying, like, were you looking for ecstatic states? Were you just, like, looking for the rush of cute boys? Like, what was filling up <laughs> that spiritual space?
2: It was, uh yeah, sex and... Uh-huh party and going out and just the joy of and you know I didn't even like or in the beginning I didn't even like a drink or anything it was just more I loved going to these huge gay nightclubs that, you know that was just like a whole new world for me uh you know in Sao Paulo they have these ginormous clubs I would be still intimidated to go in there uh, so and I had You know, met up with uh, kids that I had grown up with, the ones that turned out gay, of course, uh, it was a small town. So we kind of like all became friends and they showed me the world. So I was just involved in that boys and um, fashion and um, going out, serving face. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> As any good Taurus rising would do. and you could uh, it's a must for any tor- Taurus rising.
0: No, I appreciate your sharing that, Mantis, because my story is pretty similar too, which is that there was an awakening early on, but once my coming out kind of took hold, it was yeah. a it was a pause on some of the spirituality because yeah. I was mm-hmm. so I think interested in just like fitting into the queer community. And there wasn't like a space. In the queer community, to like be witchy, to be spiritual, the yeah. way that there is now.
2: Yeah, this is a whole part of a whole new renaissance. So, and we did not have all of that.
0: We didn't, but it's no. here now, and we're yeah. still young enough to be able yeah. to engage with it. It hasn't passed us by.
2: Yeah. Even though Angel and I share like pretty similar placements, right? Like uh-huh. we're we're cosmic sisters. Like I feel like uh, your life, Brendan, Like I feel like uh, there's. Whenever you talk about, because I've listened to the podcast over the years, right? (laughs) And whatever you share you're going through, I'm going through the same thing. It's ridiculous. And we were born like a couple months apart. Yeah, exactly. We were brought into this incarnation with uh, a variety of similar paths.
0: Totally. I think about, I know it's a slightly problematic word, but I'll say it anyways. I think about soul tribes or soul Mm -hmm. communities, you know? Yeah there are certain spirits that travel together through lifetime and lifetime. And sometimes we can find that in certain astrological placements, but sometimes yeah. it's just a feeling. So I definitely sometimes feel just that know. resonance with you. Oh, humanities. same. Yeah. And goosebumps. <laughs> so my question is, was the tarot there in the beginning? Mm. Like the moon and the cosmos was there. No, the tarot was not there. Where did the tarot I did mean, come in?
2: In a way she was in there because, so, you know, Biblomency, like where you open up a page of a book Mm -hmm. to divine. So I did that with the Bible. Uh, I did that with Hebrew, like and Greek, you know, words and things like that. I had no idea this was this was forbidden, but I did that play around with that. So I did have this interest in telling telling the present and telling the future, right? Mm -hmm. But no, it wasn't there. Uh, I remember uh, I had a net. I have a just over this and she's like one of the most radical uh religious of of them all and she had i don't know if this was a thing here in the U.S. she had a little uh a little box with the bible scriptures were written in tiny little sheets of paper and you could take one out right like kind of like oracle style yeah Yeah. and i loved that but my mom didn't let me have one because that was not okay because it was like this is fortune telling um Fast forward to when I was re-engaging with my spirituality, you know, in my uh, mid-20s. Um, I got this deck here, which I know I can't show it to everybody, but it's called the Oracle of the Kabbalah. Hmm. And this deck is, why, is the reason why I am into tarot. Because I got her, and this was like over 10 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. And um I did readings just for myself and for close friends, right? And then she ran away from me. The deck did? The deck did. I lost her. Oh my goddess. Um I've lost I've lost her twice. It's right. fake losing because she's here. Uh <laughs> right. She does this. Just wants know. you
1: to look a little harder.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh so because I didn't have my deck and I was looking for something to you know, do readings with, and we we're going to uh, a weekend with friends to Joshua Tree to the high desert, you know, again, you know, a place doing the retreat, the whole thing. I was like, you know what? I needed a deck. I'm going to go to the little crystal shop here in town and I'm going to get something. And I did a little research on the internet and, um, out came the Smith Wade, the writer Wade Smith. And I'm and I'm like, I'm just gonna get this. This seems to be the standard tarot. So I did. I did and got it and right away started doing readings for my friends. And I was like, oh gosh, this is this is something. This is this is meant to be. I felt the connection right away.
0: Oh wow. Amazing.
2: Yeah. And then soon after though, that came back to me. My ex-roommate had it.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> I've had that experience sometimes. <laughs> they're just like, you need a break, or maybe they have something else to do. Because right. I believe in like the the spiritual sovereignty of objects as well. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're like, no, girl, like I have to I have other things to do. Like I'm busy. Stop <laughs> holding me hostage. You know,
1: All right. So you start doing readings <laughs> for friends. How do you go from doing readings from for friends to becoming a professional?
0: tarot reader and published author yeah and like mystic extraordinaire
2: (laughs) girl it's that that aries gemini combo you get obsessed about things and i get obsessed about intellectual pursuits and my spiritual path so i i just dove right in and there was nothing but tarot um i started binge listening to podcasts and Uh, reading everything I could, doing all of the research that I could and started uh, an Instagram account Mm -hmm. so I could share my readings. I had been trying to write A spiritual blog for a long time, for like ten years, Um, and I had it, and I still have it. That's how you know I started with the Mentis pseudonym. But nothing ever like once in a while I would write, I would be inspired to write something, but there was never that, never something that constantly gave me a source of inspiration and material to write. And the tarot filled that hole, you know. The tarot, you can go on forever and ever and ever, making associations and discovering uh, and creating new paradigms. Right. So, uh, the tarot gave me that. So I started writing on my blog and on Instagram. I just kept at that for, uh, a couple of years. And then I, then I got uh, invited to write the book.
0: And what was that process like? What is it like to be invited to write a book, Mm -hmm. accept the invitation and then go, well, fuck now, I guess I'm writing a book. Yeah
2: yeah it was exactly that like at first I couldn't believe it I was like "Eh, it sounds fishy you know like you're like "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) what is this but then after I did my homework and it seemed legit I accepted it I was so excited oh my gosh I was so excited I felt like there was there were like little this is the impression that I had this is just me maybe but I feel like there were like a team of spirits or some beings that saw the work that I was doing Uh and connected me with the people who were looking for the book to write, you know? Yeah, that's
0: how we live our lives, man. Imagining the invisible powers that are the supposed to be.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It was really, it was really like the way it happened. There was a connecting force for sure. Mm. And then once I was in the thick of it, it was one of the most challenging things I have gone through professionally. It was really intense i only had i did not have a lot of time i only had like two months wow um and i was not gonna do shoddy work i i spent way too much time researching like when i realized um i spent like a couple of weeks just researching um, <laughs> you were and like oh I, I need to write this thing <laughs> yeah i need to write this bitch yeah. like <laughs> there is a deadline <laughs> Some days I had to write on two, three, or four different cards. Wow. Each and every day. It was super challenging, but also, wow, so enlightening. And so it really helped me clarify my theory of tarot, really solidify it, learn so much because I really wanted uh, the book to be tapped into um, the tradition and the history, Mm -hmm. but also rewrite it and. Uh, conform it to more awakened views right so it was really enlightening and uh, it was a wonderful experience and it really helped me not only as a tarot a reader and teacher uh, but also as a writer
1: yeah and how do you feel like you know people can really utilize the tarot like what are its offerings
2: I feel like the tarot can give us a a couple of different gifts uh one of them is to i think the most captivating one is that it helps us connect to the spiritual realm and to spirit and to divine intelligence in a way that is undeniable like once you speak to once you learn to speak the language of the tarot and it speaks to you you know you are speaking to a higher consciousness you know i know that not everybody has this view of tarot some view it more simply, as a um, uh, a tool of self reflection, psychological therapy, things like that. Um, I also see it as you know speaking to God in in a way, mm-hmm. like you you're opening a window, you're creating um, you're creating the circumstances for the universe to speak back to you, right? so and i think that's so powerful and it really gives you the hope and the faith that you need to carry on through the hardest periods of of your life and it also gives you inspiration and joy for the good moments so and, and once people like get that I, I love when you know people at first come to that realization with working with the tarot they're like oh my gosh this is alive this is i feel connected to the cosmos i feel connected to myself So I think that's a really powerful gift that the tarot can give. And also the tarot can give you a gift of knowing yourself, especially as you do the work day after day, right, or Mm -hmm. week after week, however often you choose to engage, um, then uh, you are learning to organize your thoughts, organize your emotions, heal your emotions, really map yourself, right? The tarot is a map of ourselves, of our consciousness and of the world. So as you engage and connect with the different parts of yourself and the direction that you're going in life, uh, you can really, really um, set yourself up for um, evolution, stepping up on your path, growth and healing. And I think that's another one of the gifts. So, and plus there's more, you know, there's, there's so much, there's community, there is intellectual uh, pursuits. Um, There are, uh, there's art with the tarot, like so many people do tarot decks, uh, because they want to show their art. So there's just so much to it. That's why I love it. Do
0: you pull cards for yourself every day?
2: Yes, I do. Do you
0: have like a ritual around it? Like every morning, I pull three cards. Or that's it.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every morning I pull three oh, okay. cards. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know that? Just coming through. Y'all, y'all, we did not, we did not mess this up. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I pulled. Uh, From f- my regular ritual is three, three cards every morning. I, I try to journal about it or incorporate it into my journaling. Uh, and then if I have any questions about anything that's going on in my life, I pull cards for that. And then on the weekends, or if there's a moon event or a transit, I may do a longer reading as mm-hmm. well. Got it.
1: I'm the type I, I tend to just pull one card in the morning, but I will go, my periods are if I pull one that I really like, which I'm going through right now, like I had pulled Knight of wands, which in my deck is actually the nice. king of wands. It's, it's, it oh. connects to that. And I was like, yep. I'm just going to live in that for a while. So I just, <laughs> every morning I walk in, I'm like,
2: still with you. <laughs> still claiming yeah, you. <laughs> still, you're still in me. <laughs> but you, that is actually a really deep practice, yeah. uh, Joel. That is really deep because, yeah, you're just sitting with that power until you right. sucks into your soul. Mm-hmm. and You're one with it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I always tell people it's okay to pull cards face up. It's not cheating, actually. Like you're allowed mm-hmm. to... Intentionally connect with the energies that you desire.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You're allowed to pull out the cards that you want, connect with them. But it is and or like it is always more fun when they just
0: show up though, I will say. Yeah. When <laughs> you're like, Oh, I really want yes. the high priestess, I really want the high priestess, and then it's right. like, Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. And it's yes. like a scream <laughs> moment. Thank
1: you. and you're Like, oh my god. <laughs> you're here.
2: The high priestess is like, oh, these gays are gay. I like, know.
0: Exactly. She's all like, God has to to bless hang them, out. though. Right. You know, was, I believe it was the priests for the Temple of Isis were all gay men. I believe it was huh. like just how it had to go so there is and this is part of the next and maybe you want to explore this with me but it's where i'm Mm -hmm. interested intellectually and with some research is to explore the intersection between homosexuality and spirituality and how it's been intertwined in the past because i think Mm -hmm. our contemporary time has forgotten that and we're actually at the brink of a great remembering which is now where I'm seeing all these queer witch communities resurge because it's, I think, part of our inherent genetic and spiritual makeup. And it's a question that I actually wanted to ask you, and you don't have to have the complete answer, but like, what special gifts do you think queer people bring to spiritual
2: work? Ooh, that is a wonderful question. and We could probably go on and on. But the first thing that comes to my mind is the blending power that we have. Mm. Because we, I, I like to embody my male energy, uh, and um, but then I can use it to translate the feminine aspects of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can. We have this great balancing power, right? We we bring beauty to structure, right? We can bring a little structure to the emotional realm. I think this is a really big part of our magic, and um. Tracing back a little bit to what you were saying about ancient uh, gay priests and things like that. A lot of the prohibitions against gay, uh, gay relationships and gay, gay sex in the books that are considered the Bible today. Um, when you look into the translations, a lot of the times what they were forbidden was homosexual cultic. Uh, positions. Because indeed, it was very, it was common in like many pagan cultures around those peoples, right? In the the Middle East, for there to be gay priests that attended to all of these different um, uh, cults. I feel like a lot of our um, quest here as gay healers is to heal that too, right? Because we're still living in a deeply patriarchal world, in a world in which those views about us are still prevalent, right? That, you know, the, the, this uh, idea, because they, they were called gay prostitutes back then, right? So I think that's still with us, that still colors how people see see us, and we're here to transmute and transform that and bring back our role as uh, messengers of the goddess and messengers of God at the same time.
1: Yeah. When I think a lot of that comes with from or it stems from healing just our own internalized shame and guilt yes. that comes with it. And I was thinking, actually, on what you said earlier about how the tarot is sort of our connection to God, even mm-hmm. for yourself, being someone who was raised in such, a, it sounds like a strict or you know, <laughs> religious yeah. environment. And then mm-hmm. in your mid-20s, sort of awakening to your own spiritual being, what was that process for you of having to navigate through the old yeah. feelings around religion, God, yeah. and defining it for yourself?
2: It took, uh, Andrew, it took many years of just denying it, you know, like at first for a while there, um, so in my hi- hiatus period from spirituality, right, um, when I was just interested in the boys, your spiritual um, spring break. My spring. <laughs> oh my god! There's your next book. That is perfect, spiritual spring break, uh, and that is so desert too, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I was. Um, I had this view that God indeed uh, was against homosexuality. And that what I was living is was in some way wrong spiritually, but I was going to do it anyways, because I was gay, you know, so it took a long time I had to like dissociate myself from God to be able to find myself to be able Mm. to be comfortable with myself and heal that projection and the rejection. And then slowly I was able to, so the, the I came back to spirituality at the lower levels, right? I came back through mm-hmm. little practices and through the little things that connected me back and helped me reorganize my micro vision of God, the big vision, so that I could reintegrate my higher stages of spirituality, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, of course, you built it <laughs> brick by brick. Yeah. Whereas other people, I think, come in with like the big ideology mm-hmm. and then figure out how it trickles down into yeah. the practices. Right. But I think that's beautiful. What's in your sixth house, girl? God, I, I bet there's. I bet there's some interesting stuff there because you do have such a really good <laughs> regimented, practical way of moving through your
2: life. Where's my? Let me get my chart. I'm still learning. So everybody, <laughs> I am learning. They, uh, Brendan and Angel are my teachers right now of astrology, and I am learning so much.
0: We are so happy to have you in class. Oh God, it's such a great group. We're having such a good time.
2: <laughs> it is so fun. Like the, the energy is great, the learning style is amazing. Okay, in my sixth house, I have my um, North node, and I'm so sorry, my South node in Scorpio and my Pluto in Scorpio.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. No, that makes... Well, the Pluto, yeah. Transformation through what you do every day, girl.
1: I also have Pluto in the sixth house in Scorpio. Yeah. Oh, no. Mine's in Libra. Mine's in Libra. But I definitely know that like intensity around like... Like just literally the intensity you bring to your daily routine. (laughs) (laughs) Like
0: no one scrubs a dish like me. (laughs) So true. So
2: true. You could sell tickets. (laughs) You do that too? I don't know about you. No, I, oh my gosh, it's so real. Like I, yeah, I'm cleaning like here at home. Like I always make fun or belittle my partner, my husband for his dishwashing skills because it's gotta be sparkling. I burn my hands with the hot water because it's gotta be (laughs) hot and sparkly. My hands are dry perpetually because of the cleaning. (laughs) Same. All right, well, me
0: and your partner might need to have a little support group, just the two of us. (laughs) (laughs) Because I scrubbed
1: a tub till my hands bled. (laughs) God, that is so funny. We would own
0: the sixth house.
1: (laughs) But anyhow, we got a little sidetracked. But I do think, no, but I I just think like the the, there is such beauty to what we were talking about with like that intersection of queerness and spirit. I am really interested in continuing to, I just think on some level, find ways to support everyone in finding whatever their own connection is.
2: What do you feel is the... Do you have some thoughts on queerness and spirituality, what is our role?
1: Yeah, I mean, f- just in general, I think that we have been I mean predominantly in well, I guess it's in many cultures, but I always look to my own experience of, you know, being raised in a predominantly Catholic mm-hmm. um environment and I didn't entirely always have like a spiritual inclination per se. Um Cause all I, all I knew was seeing it through the lens of Catholicism. Yeah. Um, So I was, though I appreciate, though I definitely had a relationship with God. It wasn't until I got older that I found that I was always coming at it from almost like an apologetic standpoint. Like, I'm sorry to be asking for something, God, because it's me gay guy.
2: Catholic guilt, huh? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Who's trying to engage with it. Um, And I think, so it, so I just think like, especially as queer people, as we're moving through releasing our own internalized, insert whatever (laughs) challenging emotion you want into it, it can on some level free us and, you know, really, yeah, liberate us toward finding more connection to, even if it's not God, it's just beauty. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like joy even, you know, and not having a shadow realm underbelly to it because that I think is then what allows us to liberate our voices more outward into the world, to free ourselves, to authentically express our gifts in ways that the world needs us to show up. We oppress ourselves internally because we believe that on some level that the universe the world doesn't want us and once we realize that oh no i am a gift to this earth to this community uh then i have the ability to just share it in any way i see fit
2: yeah that's beautiful we're we're helping we're here to help people find ultimate liberation and be free In being their authentic selves i love that
1: which i think is how i approach even just any just even any moment with a client or when i'm doing astrology readings i'm always like how do i play a role in helping to
2: liberate this Mm -hmm. absolutely
0: i agree with all of that i think my working hypothesis is that in the way that you spoke to queer people's ability to blend and to balance i also think that we are uniquely positioned between the worlds And that's always been our role, that we are kind of like the high priestess in a way, that we kind of sit at the threshold. And because we don't necessarily have a biological imperative, even though of course we can pursue that and year by year my biological clock starts ticking, but that's another
2: story. (laughs) (laughs) Be ready, be ready, Angel.
0: I think that it is the spiritual and the mystical where we can remind people the value of that which isn't just in form and queer people because they just bring beauty, grace, and also subversiveness to everything they touch. In some ways, I think we are tasked with reminding the world of that spiritual connection Mm -hmm to go against the rigid and the deep forgetting that comes from just trying to survive in the physical world. Yeah. Because whatever it is, whether it's our sensitivity or just our own inner sense of I'm not like everything around me, that is a seed that grows. And it allows us to question and to empower the questioning in other people. And so I wasn't surprised when I found out that gay men were the, you know, priests... Of yeah, the temple yeah. of Isis, you know I'm not surprised when I you read about the, you know, indigenous American people and their tradition of berdake or two, two spirits, spirit, and yeah. mm-hmm. and that um, they held such a highly respected position among their people because when you take away the fear and the shame and ultimately what I think is a a sense of nervousness that people have around great power. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's why a lot of our queer ancestors were pushed aside or diminished or made small, not because they were small, but because of how large they truly were. Yeah. And so our job is to remind everybody gay, straight, bi, asexual, however you identify that you are much larger on the inside than you are on the outside. And that this container in which we live um, insert whatever societal structure yeah. we live amongst is not necessarily looking out to remind you of that and queer people i think we're here to be like uh no girl like yeah. you're bigger you're more magical than you think and that's not just like a make believe story yeah. that's a deeper memory. true
2: yeah, we're yeah. bringing we're bringing the firebacks from the gods, right? Like we're yes. we're Prometheus. <laughs> that's that's our calling,
0: and we've been punished for it. Yeah, oh, completely.
1: So, do you have any advice that you would give to? I mean, anyone who's sort of trying to like lean into embracing their authentic witchiness,
2: witchiness. their authentic witchness. Yes. Well, first of all, take your time, babe.
0: Oh, take
2: your time that's,
0: that's good advice you have
2: an, you have you probably have an entire life lifetime to find out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um don't rush into anything don't rush into trends right now this this we have undergone a spiritual renaissance and a renaissance in the witchy community um or you know, the like work community. However, you you may have that, uh, and it's wonderful in some aspects, but it also detrimental in some aspects because a lot of our practices are cheapened, are turned into products. They are uh, not that that's a bad thing, but you know, there's definitely an element of shallowness. Um, so take your time. Don't do anything just because you were seeing it. You can explore. Feel free to explore, but. Um, For most of us, it's a long, years-long process to uncover and discover the practices that best resonate with us, the paths that we are meant to follow, at least for the time being. Um, Take your time. Be gentle with yourself. And uh, you don't have to commit to anything. You can explore in the laboratory of consciousness. You can play around. Spirit is generous. That's beautiful, Mantis. Thank you.
0: um i know we have to start to bring this in for a landing but i would be dishonoring myself and also i just think like the spirit of the desert if i didn't draw you out just a little bit on your relationship with the desert and also what i know you're birthing which is the desert oracle yes so i'm wondering if you would just talk to us a little bit about that project but also just about your relationship to the desert itself
2: yeah, the desert um, has been really magical healing part of my life for the past, um, I don't know, 14 years, 15 years. One day, I was going through a really rough day. I had received some really bad, difficult news um, about something in my personal life. And uh, I was just went for a walk uh, in the desert. I was just by myself. And uh, I... Uh, I was just, like, screaming out, you know, for answers, literally. And then I heard the the wind whisper back a message to me. Um, and that precipitated my awakening to all the spirits of this land and how alive this entire um, place is. I felt hugged. I felt like everything was had a spirit, Um for the first time, I knew that theoretically, but that really became a felt experience for me at, on that day, uh, so, and then I never stopped connecting, and then, th- so through my journey of life, as, as the years go, go by, I connect to different elements and animals, uh, stories of this place, I've, I've studied the history of the, the indigenous people, this, I, we live in land here, uh, and then that has been a, a wonderful uh, aspect of my of my journey uh, here, and that caused me to start drawing the animals, the plants. I really love plants, uh, the plants and the elements into. Uh, Oracle cards. So yeah, I'm work, I've been working for a couple of years now, and I still don't have. Sorry, but I still don't have a set date. Um, she's a slow one, like the desert. Uh, but I'm creating the Oracle of the Desert, and I'm t- just taking one card at a time. Like when uh, I'm letting it be a felt experience. Whenever a card, whenever an animal, like I encounter the animal, or I encounter a feature like a split rock or uh, a plant, and I have an experience with it, and then I draw that. And create the meanings for it so uh, maybe in a couple of years that will uh, be published into a final thing that I can share I just want everybody to have a little piece of desert magic that they can bring with them and they can they can they can help them connect to the desert realize how alive it is and how deep it is and also to be able to heal themselves through the magic of this place the desert's so healing because it it, it, you can feel how ancient it is right yeah you think about like forests yes they're ancient and some but forest is new growth all the time right there's always new foliage growing in the desert you may be looking at a leaf that may have been on that plant for years you may be looking at like one of our most common plants here the creosote bush, the La Peratris, which is kind of like a fiery emperor, uh, empress energy. They are like hundreds of to a thousand years old, like a bush. So you really feel the sense of the ancient here in the desert. And if you listen enough, it'll speak back to you. Beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm so excited and honored to witness the journey of this deck. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so great that you're taking your time because it is such a beautiful love affair. Mm-hmm. And it's like you and the desert are courting each other yeah. in this way. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to put it. I think we want to just finish with this last question, however you might begin to speak to it, but what does it mean to you to be a mystic?
2: Being aware of the presence of the divine for all or most of your time, which you know is quite the journey because we're always being drawn back to our separate sense and our separate self. So being keenly aware of our oneness uh, with the divine and of ourselves as incarnations of spirit through everything in life, through the small things that happen, to the daily occurrences, to our feelings, to our relationships, to the wind, everything. It is, uh, it is a process and a journey of awakening. And I, in my experience and my belief, the mystic uh, is always courting and um, trying to unearth, or unearthing, not trying, simply unearthing that uh, way of being and way of life. Yeah, that's what it means to me. That's
1: beautiful. Yeah, and it seems like you are living that authentically and sharing it with all of us. So yeah.
2: I do for and at least one yeah. hour a day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's all low desert. Yeah. <laughs> one hour of high desert, the rest low. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> high low, high I don't low, know, you, you know. Have you, gotta have balance. Can't, can't be everything, for totally. Sure. Oh Well, Mantis, thank you so much. Oh, we have to we have to pull a card for the episode. Okay. Oh yeah. So, you know, I don't know how we're gonna do this. I mean, ordinarily we would have you pull it. Do you want me to? Because you
2: would be here. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I think that's <laughs> that how it has to a- go. Yeah. All, right. all right. I may or may not be ready. <laughs> <laughs> right, take a moment. <laughs> so we can hear him shuffling. So let's all just listen into that. And Mantis is going to honor us with one card that will speak to us wherever we are, the future time or place to which anyone is listening to this conversation.
2: Right. Here we go. Four of
0: Swords. I love the Four of Swords.
2: Mm, Same. (laughs) Big same. Big same. It's always so uh, when you get a Four of Swords for a day, you're always like, okay, I I can just be still. Right. Totally.
0: Yeah. I don't need to move forward. No. I can take time and look back. And to me, it always is a card that says like the past isn't quite done with you yet. <laughs> I
2: like love that. Like just because
0: you might want to be done with her, like she still has secrets to whisper <laughs> to you. Like there's still a sense of unfolding. And I, I generally find myself talking about this card that like, when you're lost in the woods, you're only motivation is just to get the fuck out of the woods right yeah and then once you're out of the woods you have to go like okay but what happened like what was that experience what was really going on there and to me the four of swords is always that opportunity to say like you're safe now so take yourself imaginatively back to whatever was traumatic for you yeah. and really engage with it from a safe place because there's still gems there for you yeah
2: there's so much integration to be done right yeah yeah totally. Yeah, it's such a deeply healing card because it invites us into this quiet, quiet gentle space within ourselves where there's there's room to move around in here, right? You don't have to stop your life, you don't have to pause your life, but like you said, there are discoveries and things to be dealt with right within this space. So this card invites me into a deep meditative state. Not just sitting meditating, but like living meditation, right? Like we're we're just constantly aware, constantly at ease, or always bringing back, bringing ourselves back to that ease. I love that, but I love what you said the best. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, there's almost something it, it feels actually really apropos given Libra season two coming. Like yeah, like, like a like a balance, yes. and a, even I want to say like a partnership. I was thinking it's like you're almost like a, inviting the mind of your past to partner with your present mental state of of stillness and contemplation. Like come into this space. We can work through anything from Absolutely. This, this space of stillness and then move forward from there, having now integrated the guidance that perhaps we were allowed to hear yeah. in that process. I love that. Well, this has been. Amazing. I am now forever going to just imagine that the three of us were priests in the temple of Isis.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> After a long day of work, sinking into the corner and just
0: having a key about everyone else. Throwing so much shade today. about maybe even Isis herself. Like, girl, did you see what she was wearing today?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's always gold. Yeah. So I feel like on a soul level, it was nice to go to come back to that, yep. and that's what this felt like for me. So thank you so much.
0: Where can the children find you, Mantis? How can they engage with you? The children can find me
2: on uh, on the Instagrams uh, at Mantis underscore Tarot. That's where I have a lot of my offerings, and you can find me on my website for my written uh, readings and card meetings. And I'm creating a little Tarot learning center there. Um, Yay. Yeah, you you heard it here to hear first. Um, that's yes. on mentistarot.com. And then if you like TikTok, although I don't know if it's still going to be open, um, <laughs> you can find me on TikTok as well, where I, I am a, a clown. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I love that part of your
1: personality. And we get to, you get to see it on Insta. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you, yeah. This amazing. has been so, so wonderful and incredible. I feel like I've been there with you and in ancient times and in present times and it's been so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been a oh. dream come true.
0: Thank you, my love, for sharing your heart and your wisdom and your spirit with everybody. Mm, you got it. Until next time, this has been your transit through mm. The Spiritual, Spiritual
2: Gaze. Is that was good? It. That was, that was it? Yeah, okay. We did it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we, had to, we had hit. to do that right. <laughs> this was we did so nourishing, thank you. <gasps>